On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, we're back. Great to have your company. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia talking all things golf. My name's Julian Bayard. Great to be back in the chair this week. Big thanks to Cam Luke for filling in last week. Mark Allen is here as per normal. Hey, Marco. Good to see you, Jules. All set. How's your golf? It's good. It's good. You're golf back down to single figures yet? Golf is good. I, uh, I am, actually. Yes, yeah. Yes. Couple played three good. times in the last week. Which wow. is good. Had some time off. I did. So, well, not time off, just snuck in a couple of rounds no. on a day off. So, yeah, it was good. Just getting a little cheapy in on the boss, were That's you? it. <laughs> yeah. That's the way. Get one day a week off. Got to make the most of it. That's all right. Good yeah. stuff. Well it was done good. to you. Played, uh, played on Tuesday in Melbourne yeah. this week in the uh, Gale Force Hurricane. Yep. Which... When it's the one day off and you said, yeah, why okay. did you play? Yeah. I said, well, you got to make the most of when you can play. No, you, you probably just don't play on those days because it was the windiest day ever. Yeah. Any trees? Any trees go down? Uh, there were a few, yeah, few branches. I can imagine. Gee, it was tough to uh, find your ball sometimes. You hit it in the middle of the fairway, covered in leaves and yeah. all sorts of stuff, trying to find your hey, ball. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a once-a-week golfer. Yep. Sometimes three, but normally a once-a-week golfer. Yep. You and your mates when you play, are the rules of golf too hard? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was in a place this week where I was talking to uh, somebody, and I like in a reasonably privileged position this mm-hmm. week. Um, and he was telling me that the RNA and the USGA—they're the two rule-making bodies um, in the world of golf. Yep. They are seriously looking at ways to simplify the rules. Really? Yeah. Like big time. So quite often you see on TV. Uh, a bloke taking a drop from a hazard or a drop mm-hmm. from whatever. Yeah. And there seems to be, there's a need for like three people to be involved. There's a rules official, <laughs> there's the caddies trying to stop yeah. the ball from going in the hazard. Uh, another many, time when you've got to drop the ball on a. How many club lengths can you go? Club lengths. Another, others where you've got to drop the ball on a cart path. <laughs> and then you've got to wait for the ball to stop on the cart path, sometimes to go 60 yards. Then you've got to pick up the ball and go drop on the cart path again. Mm-hmm. It goes back 60 yards. And then they say, well, you can't drop on this cart path. And all the crazy stuff. Yeah. You actually just said it. Yeah. They are now looking to get rid of the drop altogether and you just place the ball. Wow. That is a huge. I mean, we've gone from when I started first started playing what? golf, you had to drop the ball over your shoulder, which was ridiculous. You can imagine dropping the ball over your shoulder <laughs> and then trying to stop it from going in a hazard. I can't believe that. Mate, if no one was watching, You're nobody, that up. nobody was doing it. You're making it was that just up. stupid. Um, and then, I'm not making it up. <laughs> and then uh, we went to dropping it shoulder height. Yeah. Um, and we've seen in videos just recently, Greg Larry Mize, <laughs> yeah, he probably dropped it from hip height and got away with it. <laughs> Come on, Greg. But now, they're actually seriously looking at just place the ball. So the theory is you've already got a shot penalty. Yeah. Who cares about whether you get a good line on? Just place the ball. Let's get on with golf. That's it. Well, I mean, how many times, Mark, are you playing local golf and you hit it onto a, a path or just like the edge of a drain or something? Yeah. Like, what is the rule? What am I doing? Like, what's it. the go? If you're on a sprinkler head. You go, you gotta, you're hitting a, that is it. a little shot from off the side of the green and you're trying to putt it, but your sprinkler it. head's in front. What the hell's the rule? I'm asking you, right? Because I know you're, and you're an avid golfer. You're almost on single figures. When do you get two club links when you drop? And when do you get one club link when you drop? No idea. Yeah, not many people know. You get two club links, generally speaking, when you, there is a penalty shot involved. Yep. And when there's not a penalty shot involved, there is only one club length. Yep. Why don't we just make it all the same? Mm. Whether you take a drop, you get two club links, no matter what. Yeah. So we're looking at things, when I say we, I feel like I'm in the golf industry, 
that make the game really simple. Yes. So you don't have to know those little things. You don't, you know, you just take your drop and you place it. Mm-hmm. So if there's a big tuft of grass there, you can put it right on top of the tuft, get your three wood out, hit it a million miles. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've just got it. How about these other rules that they're now talking about? And right. I love them. We saw at the Masters this year uh, a player, Marky's golf ball, uh, picked up his coin, went at did a bit of a look around, mm-hmm. and the ball blew yes. into the hazard. Yes. As it stands at the moment, the rules of golf say not only do you have to play that ball from <laughs> the hazard conditions, right? So yeah. you've actually got to, then that player had to go and take a drop way back and all the rest of it. Um, no common sense applied there whatsoever. That's crazy. So the same tournament, and I'm only using this because everyone watched it, Louis Towson makes the hole-in-one, mm-hmm. collects the ball on the way to making that hole-in-one. The ball that he hit... That ball has to be placed back. So that's okay to place that ball back, but the reason the other one doesn't get placed back is because no one knows where it was is is the thinking. That's right, yeah. How stupid is but that? how do we know where the other one was? That's exactly right. So in one case, they just oh, use the, okay, just the crazy give, us, rules. <laughs> give us your best guess yeah. and put that ball back. So from way back on the tee, you might have, it might have looked like it was six inches away. No, that ball was an inch away, mate. You'd never know. No, I'm telling you, it was an inch. That's right. So, uh, so all these rules mm. are now they're going to be more common sense I like rules. It. Yep. So I think it is fantastic. I think more people are going to be playing this great game of golf and playing it properly instead of making rules up as they go. And by the way, you know I play with my mates too, and they're stupid. <laughs> they don't know the rules of golf. You know, yep. when I say stupid, they're golf stupid. Yeah. You know, they're golf ignorant. Yeah. I should say. They just don't know the rules of golf yeah. inside out. Mm-hmm. They haven't played tournaments their whole life. And I don't blame them. Yep. You know, they, if they're up against the fence, they just drop the ball. Yeah. You know, all right, let's just keep on going. Let's just get on with the game. You know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to make the game simple. And I think that is so good. Yep. Let's, I mean, the, the rule book needs to be a quarter of the size that it is. Absolutely. A quarter of the size. I like it. You know what else I think should be changed, Marco? Come on. I am uh, played, as I said, I played on Tuesday mm. in the wind. Mm. played in a stroke tournament. Dangerous in the wind, mate. Poor bloke I was playing with had 14 on the first. There's his day going. Day over. Why off. are we playing local tournaments on stroke? Just when it's a midweeker, your Tuesday morning yep. job, stable fit or par every yeah. time. Yeah, well, it's funny. Every time. When I was growing up uh, as a kid... I wanted to be a pro, so I used to hate Stableford and Par. Yep. Now that I'm an adult and understand, um, Stableford and Par is one of the reasons why golf is so popular yes. in this country yep. for that exact reason. You know, you're having a bad day. Just put a line through it. Just put a line through it and go to the next hole. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fantastic. Pick so I, I think the golf clubs have got the practice probably right, mm. where they play um, stroke on monthly middle days. And for all the midweek players, yep. you might get stroke three or four times a year, yep. midweek. But basically, that's it. So almost 15 times a year, you're playing stroke. Every other time you play, it's stable foot or par. Yep. In fact, I'd get rid of, to tell you the truth, I'd, I'd get rid of par. My par comp's just rubbish. Well, yeah, it's par, almost the same thing anyway. Yeah. Par, really. par for a four ball or par for a yep. uh, corporate day or something, mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, but, you know, you kind of want to play golf. Yeah. And I know, Julian, you love making four-pointers. It's very, very rare. Four pointers in Stableford. The one I know time you do. I've made a four pointer. I, I know you do. So I, I, I think the Stableford, you get the joy of a four pointer. You get the joy of it sometimes does, a five pointer. It does take away the enjoyment of when you've got two punt, two parts for a plus, and you go, well, "What's the? What's the use?" Just tap it down. Yeah, tap it down. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I think I think Stableford should be pretty much the, yep. 
the staple I'm happy with that. of amateur play. Yep. But uh, I still like stroke on the yeah, monthly middle day. It's got to be stroke. Yep. And apologies to your mate who has 14 on the first. <laughs> Sorry, mate. But you can still have a reasonable day. <laughs> you can still have a reasonable day. Um, yeah, so I, I, I agree with that. They don't do it in America, you know. In America, they don't do it. What do they, they do? They just play matches. So you and I get on the first tee, yeah. and I'd say to you that I'm a scratch marker, and you go, you're not a scratch marker, you should be playing off plus two. Yeah. And I'd look at you, and what are you off? And you go, I'm off nine. I'd go, please. You know, I saw you play last week, you had 40 points, you're not a nine marker, mm-hmm. you're playing off six, and you actually haggle on the first tee yeah. <laughs> for what the handicap's going to be, and then you just play a match. So that's how they get around the 14 on a hole. If you haven't 14 on a hole, you just give the hole to the other bloke and you move on. So how do the handicaps work? Well, every once in a while, they you know the very rare occasions that you're trying to qualify for a club championship, you have to put in a stroke card. So right. it's very rare that you. Act, I mean, they don't, no Stableford, no daily comp, yeah. no. I wouldn't even know what Stableford and Par is yeah. really. Um, the only times they play um, tournaments is club championships, and probably just to get a handicap. Actually, you know, to have one to actually get a handicap. Yeah. So it doesn't change too often mm. once you get that initial handicap for <laughs> for most of the American people over there. Unless they, you know, they want to play in a tournament, they've got to put yep. a few rounds. Of, you know, if if they're tournament players, I'll do it. Otherwise, you're basically haggling on the first tee with your mates for what you should be playing off on the day. So I might say, to you, in the end, <laughs> I might say to you, you're you're jumping up and down that you want to play off ten. Mm, yeah. And I'll say, As okay. It should be. You can play off 10, but no mulligans. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy over there. It is silly over hey, there. Hey, um, bit of news getting around. Yeah. Mark Leishman, out of the Olympics. Yeah, well, he, he cited that uh, he wants to look after his wife. Yep. Um, I put to you that if the Masters was on that week or the US PGA Championship wow. was on that week, he'd look after his wife the week before and after mm-hmm. that tournament. So I think, I think the Olympic Committee and, and most people around the world are getting a a really good scope for um, not how golfers regard the Olympics because everyone likes the Olympics, but just that it's the golf in the Olympics. Golf in the Olympics isn't they right. Don't really regard that. And it, now, and here's, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing about golf is that when you play a season of tournaments, the best player is probably going to win four or five yes. through that season, and he might play thirty-five events. So, through weighted numbers and through through consistent play of the best player that year, he'll win tournaments. But every season, there is a guy, maybe four or five, who is number 600 in the world, who wins a big tournament. 600. Mm-hmm. Imagine if number 600 in the world bobs up gold medal week. <laughs> jags, jags of gold. It just doesn't work in golf. I, I can't believe that it's, it's held. You're going to, effectively, these guys are going to be able to win the same amount. Someone who... It's tournament and whose sport it is the pinnacle of their. Yeah. They train for four years, Marco. Oh my! Four God. years. You're preaching to the one wrong person. Event. Yeah, this you, doesn't make. No, let's see. Anyway, I'm, we've I'm, I'm about with this you. I know. Nauseam, it's so. it's not golf's time to shine. It's the kid with the javelin so in his hand. Mark Fraser going to be our man. Is it down to him? Marcus Fraser is next. Marcus Fraser. So what you're telling me that Marcus Fraser is ahead re- of Ogilvy? I reckon he's the fourth man. Oh, he'll play. He'll play. But, Jason, but see, is Jason Day going to play? Uh, well, yeah, he said that he would play. He said that he would play. Yeah, I actually saw a poll this week. I saw a poll. Um, have you got I've it? Got the full list yeah. of the uh, Sports Illustrated recently questioned a cross section of pros from the PGA Tour. We're going to do that next, or we're we going to do it do now? That. Well, we might do it. We can do one of it now if you want. I'm, the, I'm the, sure the, you're going to do the. Do Olympics the first one. Question. Do the first one. We'll do the Olympic ones after. 
Well, the Tiger Woods one? Is that what yeah, the Tiger Woods one. Uh, while Tiger Woods hasn't played since August, respondents were generally optimistic that he will win again, with 43% of PGA yeah. Tour players saying he will win another trophy. So they polled 150 tour players from around the world, various different tours. Um, yeah, they've just been nice to Tiger, probably. <laughs> He's not, he's not going to win a major anytime soon. Go on, do the, do, the, do the Olympic ones while we're on it. Do the Olympic uh, gold Given medal the ones. choice, 71% of PGA Tour players would rather win the PGA Championship than an Olympic gold medal. Yep. But 76% said they'd take a gold medal over winning the Texas Open. Yeah, that's probably right. So that's probably, exactly what we've said, Mark. Yeah. The Olympic gold medal yeah. sits after the majors, yeah. but before the weekly tournaments. Absolutely. That's so where it sits in the pecking order. What's the use? Why are we playing it? Yeah. You know what? I, 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 want, I want the number 200 in the world to win mm. the gold medal, both the men's and the women's. <laughs> I just want it, I want it to happen <laughs> so the Olympic people understand it. You know, when Tiger Woods was winning every second week and they decided to put golf back into the Olympics, then, you know, they were probably praying that Tiger Woods would be sitting up there, the, the star-spangled banner, yeah. uh, playing in the background, and that's their perfect scenario. But uh, Tiger's in a bad way at the moment. And maybe the number 200 in the world's going to win. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Hey, I um, want to talk to you after the break. Another instance of Donald Trump cheating at golf. I'm going what? to highlight that next. This is You're kidding me. Right he's going to be the leader of the free world soon. <laughs> Mate, some, and he's more evidence, at golf. some more evidence has emerged. Oh, that's it. We'll talk about that next. I'm off him. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. You certainly are right across Australia. This is the Clubhouse. My name's Julian Bayard. Mark Allen is here. We're talking all things golf. And the man who is, well, a hot favourite. Well, not quite favourite, but right up there, Marco, Mate, to be the next win. leader of the free world. You watch. His name is Donald Trump. And a fascinating article this week I read, Marco, on <laughs> golfchannel.com. This is cheating. Donald Trump cheating in the game of golf again. Oscar De La Hoya, champion oh. boxer. This is the heading. De La Hoya, here's how Trump cheats at golf. <laughs> oh, so he's just been dobbed in. Righto. All right. Um, the, LA, boy. the LA Times. But these are the comments from Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. I played at his golf course two years ago, De La Hoya told me. He's got about six. I was teeing off the first hole, and next thing I know, here comes a golf cart. It's Donald Trump. And he says, Oscar, can I play with you? Of course, I said, this is your golf course. <laughs> first ball, Trump hits it off the water. Gets another ball from his pocket, hits it off to the left, out of yeah. bounds. Yeah. Trump said, oh, I've got another ball. I'm just warming up. Another ball in the water. Then the fourth ball he hits, I know it went into the bushes, but Donald, what he does, he tees off first so he can take off right away. I pipe mine down the middle. Just add that yeah, one in yeah, there. Yeah, nice. So we go off to our ball, and who do we see? Donald Trump right in the middle of the fairway. I he, got it. He quoted Trump saying, by the way, I found my first ball ah! right here. Ah! <laughs> we're like, okay, yeah, we're cracking up. Not in front of his face, of course. Then we go on to a par three, 170 yards. There's a big bush right between the tee and the green. So you can't really see the green. You can see the flag, but not the green. Trump hits his, and we just know it went out of bounds. We know it. He takes off, of course. We get up there to the green. He's like, oh, my ball's right here, three feet away. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's going to be the leader of the free world. And, by the way, I'm going to pick it up. It's a gimme. (laughs) Mate, can you send me that, please? Can you email me this that This is what Oscar De La Hoya says. You don't do that in golf, adding that there were no side games in play where money was exchanged. No money at all. How can I win, De La Hoya said. 
I'm not voting for someone who cheats in golf. That's <laughs> what Oscar said. That is a ripper. Send me that article immediately. Uh, I love this. I thought we have to bring that up. Oh, we have to. We absolutely have you to. You ever play with someone who's cheating? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I was playing with a kid once who was about to turn pro and he was looking for some backing. Mm. So, we're playing with a guy who's now deceased. I'm certainly not going to use his name, but he was a dodgy character. A dodgy character. But he was going to look after this kid. So mm. I'd organised a little bit of backing for this kid who's about to turn pro. Let's just call him Craig Spence. <laughs> anyway, so Craig's ripped, Craig's ripped one down the middle. I, like Oscar De La Hoya, have yeah. piped mine right <laughs> oh, down yeah, the middle. Of course you did. <laughs> and uh, this uh, wealthy backer type has hit one in the trees on the right mm. of the fourth hole at Huntingdale. So we're walking down, and the other guy we're playing with, uh, he's in the left tree. So I've gone to help the other guy because I thought uh, the backer, I thought his ball was going to be okay. Anyway, so I'm looking for the other guy's ball. I find that ball. Now I'm doing the right thing by the kid who I'm trying to get set up uh, on the tour. So I now go and help the other guy. So I'm walking around, and I see this ball right next to a tree on the long grass. Anyway, I've looked at the ball. I know it's his ball. And I've got my hand up in the air, and I'm just about to say, I've got it, <laughs> when I hear, oh. I've got it. Oh, no. So I pick up the ball. It's his ball. Yeah, right. Right? It was a tailor-made something. Yeah. We get onto the green, right? His yeah. ball, of course, in the clear. Yeah. He knocks it on the ground. I walk over there. And he's using a top flight. He's gone from a tailor-made right, to a top a, flight. Top flight hasn't even just gone with the no, same ball, different number. No, forgotten what number he's no, using. Gone with the top flight. <laughs> so look, it happens all the time. What do you do? Well, normally I'd go, mate. What are you doing? I found your ball back there. I've got it right here. But because I'm trying to get Craig Spence set up with oh. some cash, yeah, you don't just what's you don't the, call the cash man to cheat on the, the fourth hole at Huntingdale. I'm fascinated by the etiquette with golf cheating, Marco, because I've. I once played with a guy from work. Yeah. We were playing at St. Andrews. One of the, I can't remember what hole it was, but one of the greens was elevated and yeah. he thinned it right into the right. back bushes. Guts I'm like, it's gone. See yeah. you later. Walk up to the green. About five metres behind him, and I could just see the surface of the green. And he was way ahead of me. Like, he charged up yeah. there. And I see him just little Drop sneak one. a ball out of the pocket and roll onto the green as I walk up there. Oh, mate, it must have come down. I went, Well, oh, he oh, thought because yeah. it was a raised green. I couldn't that, see. That you couldn't see, but you've seen it. But I've seen it. And I just looked away and I thought, do I say anything or... What'd you do? Oh, let's let it go. <laughs> it's too empowering. You can't say it. What do you do? Mate. What's the... What? Know this. Know this. Everyone in their cars on the way to golf yeah. right now is thinking the same thing. If yeah. you see someone cheating... What do you do? What do you do? Because uh, you don't want to be that bloke in a local tournament who... Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. That ball just moved half an inch when you marked it. Yeah. I'm penalising you two shots. So in, in your case, the best option, and I've done this before, the yeah. best option when you see someone drop a ball like that, you say... Are you just gonna you just gonna do some practice with that ball? All right, if you, if, that's that's the best option. Yeah. So that's what you would. Yeah, that's, that's what you do next time. Yeah. You're just gonna have a bit of a practice with that one. Mm-hmm. All right, and then that's that clears the air. He knows you're onto him. Yep. And you, you know, can't. You're not, and you, and you're you're not giving accusing him, an out. him of cheating. You're not accusing him of cheating. Yep. But we're right. We're right here. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one is if you know he's cheating, but you got no evidence, <laughs> just know that in the back of your mind, karma in golf. Is undefeated, man. Yeah, he'll it's go the down. <laughs> Karma is—he will go down one way or another. Yep. <laughs> he might go down today, might go down tomorrow, um, but he'll go down. Yep. So don't worry about it. What's your view about pulling someone up in a in a little uh, competition, well, Marco? About say, if, so if someone was playing uh, no, in, that, in the hazard, say for example, I've not signed cards before. Have you? I, yeah. 
I've not signed cards before because I knew they cheated. Yeah. So I said, I'm not signing how, a card, mate. How, like, what level of cheating was it? Like, was it what a, level of cheating? Was it a safe ball in a hazard and your, your clubs hit or touch the ground before you played your shot? Something like that. No, uh, he'd hit a bad shot. Yeah. I was playing on the Asian tour. And he, this player. Well, yeah. That's different, though, if you're playing in a tour. <laughs> yeah, I was playing in a tour. So this guy was hitting shots and he hit one way right. And so I'm waiting for the next guy to hit. I was last off. And I, I was watching him. And I thought he was going to go get another ball and mm. hit a provisional. He didn't. He went over to his caddy and he told his caddy to go chase the ball. So the caddy's taken off before the second guy's hit. By the time I'm right to hit, this caddy is almost where he thinks the ball is. And then by the time we all get up to it, that ball that was so far in the trees it wasn't funny is on the edge of the fairway. Of course it is. <laughs> so, I mean, I looked at him. I said, you're not going to play that, eh? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you sent your caddy up. You know, these guys work for tips. You're not going to play it. And he goes, mate, that's my ball. So at the end of the day, I let it go because, you know, you don't want to have a fight. You, yep. you know, you want to make money yourself. Mm. And at the end of the day, I just thought to myself, mental note at the time, um, I'm not signing his card. And I didn't sign his card at the end of the day. Yep. Pretty simple. There you go. So his score stood, but, you know, you weren't associated the, with the protest is noted, mm -hmm. and he shot 82 the next day. Uh, Karma is undefeated, buddy. <laughs> Wins every undefeated time. Undefeated <laughs> in the world time. of golf. Yep. Very good. Yep. There you go. So there's there's some advice for people out there today. Mm. Don't cheat because the karma bus will come back I'm, around again. I'm thinking about naming the guy. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, it did happen. Marco, it's, it's, I don't it did be, happen. I don't want to have to... Um, He's a pretty good player. I don't want to have to give testimony. It's some sort of defamation case. So <laughs> please, don't, please don't. Plays under the Indian oh, flag. Hang on. hang on a second. Let's go. I know. Come on. There's some music that would normally play when you say something like that. Come on. Um, now, Sports Illustrated uh, uh, survey that we talked about yeah, before yeah, the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give some more details on the survey. I like this stuff. I like what they do. They do it every year. Yeah. And they ask, they ask pertinent questions, which I like. They do. Here we go, Marco. The second point. 49% of PGA Tour players think Phil Mickelson will make a better Ryder Cup captain than Tiger Woods. Not surprising. 44% said Woods would make a better captain. So oh, 49 well, pretty close. to 44. Pretty close. Who would you go with? Oh, look, I don't know them. From the outside looking in, I'd go with uh, probably Tiger. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a big difference there. How many, well, I'd so, ask you something about Ryder Cup with Tiger soon. Too, yeah, go on. Uh, after this. Yep. Next question. I want to hear your answer first. Yep. In a bar fight, which player would you want to have your back on the PGA Tour? In a fight? Yeah. There's not too many of them. Well, Tiger Woods thinks he's a Navy SEAL. <laughs> Doesn't he? Guns. <laughs> he's got the guns. Um, uh, yeah, I'd go with Tiger. Tiger? Yeah, he's, he's the toughest, I'd reckon. The highest with 15%. Yeah. Ernie Els. Eels. Ernie Eels. Ernie Eels. Got fantastic. it. Fantastic. Um, Followed by Keegan Bradley, Angel Cabrera, and Pat Perez. Oh, Keegan Bradley, clearly, because he stood up for his caddy in a Ryder Cup match there a few That's years true. ago. Yeah, righto. Because yeah. he, he doesn't put fear of God into me, Keegan Bradley, just even thinking about him. <laughs> <laughs> Only 67% of PGA Tour players believe that a caddy deserves to earn 10% of the prize. How many? wins a tournament. 67%. Oh, well, they're... <laughs> Yeah, so what? Tighter. So what? Thirty something percent. How think many? Ten. Thirty-three uh, percent. Think yeah. that ten percent might be a bit much. Ah, oh, they're off their heads. Ten percent's all right if you win. If you win a tournament, yeah. mate. 
I'd probably paid 20% to win a tournament. <laughs> well, they taking two mil. Oh, mate, it's a team event. That's what people don't understand. A lot of golfers, there are professional golfers to this day who don't understand it. Golf is, a, at the highest level, golf is a team sport. Your caddy is a major part of your team. You can't be cheap. You can't do a Tiger Woods and be cheap and not pay. You've actually got to pay the caddy. Yeah. It's a team member. Make everyone happy. Go on. Give some cash out. Uh, prettiest swing. Who do you think? The prettiest swing? Yeah. Oh, Louis Eustazen. No. Who? Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Voted the prettiest swing on the PGA Tour. Wow. See, I would have said it looks the most efficient. So I think there's a difference between being an efficient swing and a pretty swing. I think Adam Scott has the most beautiful precision swing you'd ever see. But as far as just looking good... Mm. I think Louis Oosthausen looks like he's hardly trying. I love yep. that one. And finally, 17% of PGA Tour champions. Champions. Players. So old old guys. Champions Tour. Yep. Yeah. Take between 8 and 15 painkillers during a tournament week, while 17% take more than 20 pills during a week. <laughs> That's very funny. How about John Daly this week oh, making, he's, making his he's uh, debut on Mate, the Seniors Tour? Ratings set to soar on the I, I reckon, Tour. I reckon you might be right. Yeah. I reckon a lot of people will be tuning in. I would. How long before he throws a club in a pond? Third hole. Might be long. <laughs> I reckon four or five tournaments in. Yeah. He'll be doing something crazy. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. We'll follow that story. We certainly will. Um, we, we, I reckon we'll end up having a segment. What's What's, what's John, John done, done this week? <laughs> it's got music and everything associated yeah. with it. I yeah, yeah. Hey, we've got to get to a break. I want to talk to you about playing in the wind this week because it's yeah, autumn start. and the wind gets up. I want to talk to you about Tiger Woods in the Ryder Cup next. No this worries. This is the Clubhouse right across Australia. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to the Clubhouse. My name's Julian Bayard, in the studio with Mark Allen. We're talking all things golf across this great golfing weekend. Great to have your company, whether you're driving to golf on a Saturday morning or coming home, depending mm. where you're listening around Australia, different times of the weekend, but uh, great to have your company. And uh, hopefully you hit them well. We're here for Club Mandalay Golf Course, Melbourne's newest golfing experience in the north. So Need to know how to hit the ball under the wind at Club Mandalay. Oh, yes. Yep. gets windy. So I played Tuesday, as we mentioned earlier in the week, Marco. Very, very windy high gusts. 100k yep. an hour sort of Crazy stuff. day to play golf. You're an idiot, is all I've got to say. Well, when you love it, you love it. <laughs> just go inside the clubhouse, have a toasted ham and cheese sandwich yeah. and a coffee. You know what? It's a nice day. It's because I was, at, I was at 10, double figures, and I needed to get inside. Oh, did I you? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I needed That's to good. play. But right. anyway, I didn't well, you're, you're inside. You've, so, you've achieved your goal. So you want to know how to play in the I wind? I want to know some tips, Marco. Maybe four or five little tips. We've got the, right we've got the masterclass coming up, but yep. separate masterclass. I'll start with the putting. Uh, now, when you putt in the wind, mm. there's, and I'm not talking about a two or a three club wind. I'm talking about the wind that you're, you played in on Tuesday, yep. which was the 80 kilometre gusting yep. crazy wind. Uh, two things you must do: you've got to stand quite still or as still as you can. So wide stance. You've actually got to change the way you you, you stand at a putt. You've got to really widen that stance. The other one. You've got to shorten your backstroke. Mm-hmm. So you're putting with a different rhythm. So you know, on a perfect day, you kind of want a nice flow yeah. going. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that nice relaxed stance and the flow, which is easy to do when you you know feel like you, there's no wind or it's just a, it's, it, you can stand up nice and, and, and tall and yep. straight and all the rest of it, um, you've got to change that dramatically in the crazy wind day. The no, I'm not so not a four club wind. Yeah, not a four. The six and seven <laughs> club crazy wind day. Yeah, wide stance and really shorten your putting stroke. So those two things are very important. When you chip, you've got to do the same thing. Really widen your stance, not a lot, but just a little bit more, 
And again, you can't have that club being blown around too much because mm-hmm. uh, you know you're supposed to be holding it reasonably softly, and you know making the you got to make it. You, you want your putter to feel heavy, you want your chipper to yes. feel heavy, and the only way you do that is by kind of lightening the load on your on your grip pressure. So uh, when you're chipping as well and pitching, pretty much the same stance you would use for a full shot. So those things are important. Um, the big one, uh, keeping the driver in play. Don't fight the wind. So if you come to a hole where it is a crazy left to right wind off the tee, don't don't fight it. Don't try and draw the ball with your driver into that wind. Yeah. Aim left and try and hit it straight. Yeah. Don't worry too much about it. It's all about feel. Um, and again, the harder you swing, the more spin you put on a golf ball. Right. So uh, playing the breeze, swing with ease, or whatever the rhyme is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hit the ball too hard well, on these crazy days. It's fascinating, Mark, because I th- when you think about playing in the wind, you think off the tee is going to be the hardest bit. But when we were playing on Tuesday, mm. most of the drives were, were going straight yeah. and were actually still finding the fairway. Yeah. It was the well, probably, probably from 80 to 120 metres that was the real struggle. It sounds like you're playing on a good golf course. The golf courses have been set up to protect people driving the ball a long way. They, I can almost say with confidence, are rubbish golf courses. The best golf courses in the world are the second shot golf courses. So, you know, there's a bit of strategy off the tee. Mm-hmm. You can't lose your ball off the tee. There's a little bit you have to do off the tee. There's maybe a decision here or there off the tee. But it's not all about that mm-hmm. drive. You, may, you might hit a bad drive on the left-hand side of the rough, but you're not cut. you can still hit the ball. You can still find yep. your ball and the way you go. So it sounds like you've played a golf course that's set up to play golf on, which is really important. Those little shots you're talking about, again, um, as far as you know, trying to hit a pitching wedge into a six-club wind, well, you can't mm-hmm. hit that shot because the wind will just take the ball and, you, and you're gone. Yep. I mean, the best bet when you're doing this is to get a seven or an eight iron out, grip down the shaft, and feel like you're almost putting the ball mm-hmm. so there's no wrist break. Yep. You just want to eliminate everything. If, if you stood on the tee, the practice tee, uh, wherever you play next, um, and you're just going to try and chip a few seven irons, it's basically that. But the best way to chip seven irons is not to use too much hand action. So you don't want the club face opening and closing too much. You just want to chip the ball. So you know when you're chipping a seven iron, you don't have to create power. No. You're just chipping it. Yeah. So you don't need to create power with a wrist cock. So that's the way you want to play in the wind as well. So those 80-meter, 90-meter pitches that you're talking about where you're just trying to hit, you know, you see so many people just get the pitching wedge out and hit it straight up yeah. or try and hit it really hard into the wind because you should be able to hit a pitching wedge 80 yards, yep. 80 meters. Don't do it. Just the no, the no wrist chipping motion. Mm-hmm. You can put the ball in the middle of the stance, in the back of the stance, whatever works for you. Yep. But no wrist. And it's just the chip. So you've got to learn to chip the ball around with you know a club that you just would never hit from that situation. Yeah. And again, downwind, don't you know, if there's no bunkers in front, don't be scared to chip with that club as well, downwind, yeah. because a lot of the time, particularly if the greens are really hard, because you know the wind is the, the wind's pumping that ball, yep. it can pump it down, mm-hmm. you just can't stop the ball. So there are situations where pretty much I've played in those horrible days where you're chipping it from the first tee to the 18th green. You're yeah. just really just chipping the ball around. Yeah. Peter Thompson told me once, he was great, he, he used to come out, we were playing in the Australian Open that at, name up at Victoria. <laughs> well, you know I hate dropping names. <laughs> do you, do I, you really? I, I, just, I hate doing it, Jules, <laughs> but sometimes you have to do it. And uh, it was myself and it might have been, who was playing with me? Oh, some Queensland guy. Anyway, I'm surprised you didn't chop another one. There. <laughs> <laughs> we were both playing, and we we're hitting on the um, 
the 16th hole. And I was into this huge wind. And Tom, I was just walking around the course. He was commentating that week. Or he was, yep. He's always around at the Australian Open. He was just having a look at the golf course. And um, we, I was bashing a four-iron up the hill at uh, Victoria. And uh, whoever I was playing with did the same thing with a with a three-iron. And people was looking at us. He said, boys, what are you doing? What are you? He speaks with his English. What are you doing, boys? Uh, we just said, yeah, good day, Mr. Thompson. How are you? He said, give me your four-iron. Like he would have been 65 years yeah. old. And he said, when you're hitting into the wind, he said, just go in slow motion. You won't spin the ball, and the ball will glide through the wind. And he hit the four-iron with this little slow motion swing, this old guy yeah. with my club. <laughs> and I've just bashed it. You know, I've just tried to hit it low, yeah. and it's risen in the, with, the, <laughs> yep. with the wind. And it was a pretty awesome shot, to yeah, tell you the truth. Would have looked good with the ball tracker. Would have looked awesome <laughs> on that ball tracker. Would have looked sensational. And Tom, I got up there. He teed it up nice and high, and he explained that he didn't want to hit the ball with the bottom of the club. He said, you want to hit the ball a little bit higher on the club. So he said, tee it high into the wind. So Tom, that's what they're doing today. That's how they t- that, what they teach today. He said, just tee it a little bit higher and swing with slow motion. And his forearm got to the front edge of the green. Yeah. Like my bash, my big bash, you know, jumping out of the shoes, ball back, all the rest of it. it probably, you know, I was on the green and maybe five yards past the yeah. front of the green. But Tomo, for all that effort, Tomo just teed a little bit higher than he normally would, swing in slow motion, and his ball, it was like a balsa wood plane. It just glided all the way. So when uh, when in the breeze, swing with ease. I Good know you advice. like rhymes. Oh, absolutely. You love rhymes. And I love some advice from the great man too. Oh, he's won five British Opens, man. If anyone's going to give you advice about how to play in the league, it's a I think he's, he's won, won about five. 15 New Zealand Opens as well. And yep. God knows how many Australian Opens. He's won a lot. He's a gun. Hey, I reckon he's the most, he's the clearest thinking sports person this country's ever produced. And I'm not just saying that because he's a golfer. Yep. He really is. The way he thinks is amazing. If you're playing in the wind, Marco? No. If you're playing in the breeze, swing with ease. <laughs> it's got a rhyme, Jules. <laughs> and you can play at Melbourne's newest golf course, Club Mandalay, located just off the Hume Highway in Melbourne's north, clubmandalay.com.au. The wind will be picking up there a little bit, so clubmandalay.com.au. In the breeze, swing with ease. Mark Allen's number one tip. I know you listen every week, Tomo, so thanks for that tip. <laughs> I, st- I still give it to people, Pete. <laughs> Masterclass is next. Marco's Masterclass. Time to get a lesson. We've already had one on playing in the wind, but mm. uh, more of a structured lesson here, Marco. Here we Marco's go. Masterclass, final well, segment of the show every week. Well, we're talking about uh, hitting the ball um, with uh, the wind uh, in, in windy conditions, in the breeze. Yep. Uh, and really the trick is not to, not to spin the ball too much. Yep. That's, that's basically the trick, and you do that with swinging with ease. But I think um, you know when every once in a while you need to hit a high shot as well, mm-hmm. and not many people know how to do it. It's really, really simple. I don't change ball position one bit when I try to hit the ball high. All I try and do is hit, move my head further behind the ball okay. at address. So um, particularly with the driver, I mean, everybody knows to move the ball forward with the driver. But what no one seems to do is that when the ball goes forward with the driver, um, you can imagine if it's in the middle with the irons and forward with the driver, your head shouldn't be over the ball. It should be further behind the ball. Yep. And then if you want to hit the ball up, it should even be further behind the ball to get the, the spine angle right. So if you want to hit the ball nice and high, and so many people who play on the weekend play their one round a week or one round a month, they hit the ball really low with the driver. Yep. It's because they all know to put the ball forward with the driver, but then their head moves forward, so it's on top of the ball still. Yep. So you've got to feel like your head is six inches. Sometimes even you've got to feel like it's a foot 
behind the ball with the driver. And then you'll hit the ball nice and high like the pros are doing. And the same if you need to hit a high five iron or a high pitching wedge. Don't move the ball forward. I don't think it works as well. Just move your head behind the ball at address and try and just give it a little extra flip on the way up. It doesn't happen too often. As long as you're not trying to flip the ball up all the time. Your wrists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, don't do that yeah. stuff. I mean, you've, there's got to be a little bit of hand action to help the ball get up in the air. But as long as you're not trying to do that all the time, mm-hmm. then that's golden. But real simple. Um, and by the way, don't do the same into the wind. If you want to hit a low one, don't move the ball. Don't move your head forward. Don't do that. <laughs> do all the other stuff. Swing with ease. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to hit the ball nice and high with the driver, yep. feel like your head is one foot Behind the ball at address. Yep, pretty like simple, it. easy. Yeah, well, nice it simple tip. And it's actually it's not it's not even a, that's not hocus pocus. That no. is a fundamental of the game. Yep, a fundamental. Because again, now you have to picture this. Picture it with me. Yes. Um, if the ball's in the if you stand um, over the ball with an iron and the ball's basically in the middle, usually it's a little bit forward in the middle. Your spine angle when you're front on looking at somebody, the spine should point at the ball. Yep. So when you put the ball forward, you want basically the same thing happening. You want your spine to point at the ball. The only way you can do that is to move your head back behind the ball so your spine angle changes and it points to that ball that's a little bit further forward. So again, the fundamentals we're talking about here. And the reason the pros hit the ball nice and high with the driver, you watch them on TV, their head is a long way behind the ball. Side a long shots. way. A long way behind get the ball. Get a bloke on the side of first tee yep. today. Get a picture. Take a yep. photo, see yeah. where your head's at. Hey, that's a really good, that's a really good point. Get someone to take a photo because seeing is believing. Tiger Woods coined the phrase feel and real are generally two totally different things. Yep. And it is so true in the game of golf. So get someone to take a picture of you when you feel like your head's a foot behind the ball. I reckon you'll be surprised. See where it actually is. Yeah, 90% of the time, that person will be surprised. Gee, I hope everyone's listened to the full show today because I reckon it's got five shots in it, Marco. We had All the tips today. A few masterclasses. Yep. I just got a five shot difference. That's Especially right. Especially if it's blowing a bit this weekend. That's right. I used to charge money for all this stuff. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> just tune into the clubhouse. Good on you, buddy. Baby. Hey, uh, we'll see you next week, Marco. I'll, I'll catch you next week. Try not to cheat like Donald Trump. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been the clubhouse.